one more time. It's so good to have all of you today and appreciate you being here this morning. And uh, I hope what we have to say to you this morning will be uplifting and be encouraging. But, uh, but my main thought this morning is that, that he came. He's here and he, uh, he came for us. He came for you and I. And if that doesn't excite us, I, I can't say anything that will excite you this morning. Uh, that Jesus Christ came and he came. And if you was the only one, he would have done it anyway. Amen. He would have came just for you. And so my, my encouragement to you today is don't, if you're here today and you're lost and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, don't put it off. Make 2016 a, a good year for you. And as you get ready to go into 2017, amen. I want to ask you a question. This Christmas thing that we celebrate every year, we, you know, we do all the bows and the tinsel and all those kind of things, and we give gifts, and many of you opened up, uh, opened up presents this morning, maybe, possibly, or even yesterday. Uh, and all of those things, all the festivities and all of that, we come to church and we celebrate the risen Savior and all of these things that we do. But let me ask you something. Was this, was this Christmas thing that we go through every year an accident from God? I don't know if you've ever been asked that before, but do you think this was an accident from God? I want you, I want you to have that question just to sink in just a little bit. I mean, we go through the same rituals almost, Brother Scotty, every year. Nothing wrong with that. It's, some, a, great, it's a great time of year. Some of you, you, uh, you love Christmas season. I love the Christmas season. I love it when all the lights in the trees go up. Now, I'm sort, of these, I'm sort of one of these ones when Christmas is over with, I'm ready for it to go. But I love it when it all comes together. It makes it pretty. It makes the church house pretty and, and all of these things. But was this Christmas event or a Christmas thing or this Christmas celebration that we go through every year, was this an accident from God? Because when you really think about Christmas and about everything about Christmas, it sort of seems like when you think about the story and you read Luke and you read other portions of Scripture that we'll look at this morning, it sort of seems like an accident from God. Think about this. There was a decree that, was, that came from Caesar Augustus. There was an angel that appeared to Mary. There was a virgin lady that became pregnant. An angel coming to Joseph in a dream. There was a baby who they said that we called Emmanuel. There was a mysterious star in the east. There was a group of magi that showed up in Jerusalem. Angels that appeared to the shepherds. A, a trip to Bethlehem, an inn that was full, a stable that was available, a babe that was wrapped in uh, rags and placed in a feeding trough, a star that led the magi right to Bethlehem. There were gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. There was a dying king who tried to kill this newborn baby. A desperate journey unto Egypt. Another journey to Nazareth. And think about what the Bible even has to say about this guy. In Luke chapter 1 verse 32 he said he'll be great and he'll be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and is of his kingdom there shall be no end. And in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, the Bible says, You will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And in John chapter 1, verse 14, And the word became flesh, and it dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as the only Son of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. And then Isaiah, the famous scripture in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, where it says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and he'll be called Wonderful and my Counselor and Mighty God and Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. 
That's just a few scriptures, and that's pretty amazing stuff when you think about it, isn't it? When you think about all these things that took place of what we celebrate today, what are the chances that all those things had to happen in exactly the right way? All of these things that had to come together exactly the right way. That a pagan emperor would issue a decree at just the right moment in history when the world was yearning restlessly for deliverance. The angels that would show up to a young man and a young woman and they'd believe the angel and a virgin would become pregnant that Joseph would decide not to divorce her. And I don't have time to go into all of that. That the star would shine in the east and the magi would travel hundreds of miles seeking this baby and all of it would finally focus on a little stable outside the end of a little town called Bethlehem where the most incredible event of history took place. You see, we're here today because we believe that God became man. We believe that he became man. We believe that this creator became part of the creation. That the infinite became finite. That almighty God took upon the form of a man and he was born into a tiny little baby. That's the central truth of our faith today. And you have to ask yourself the question, why in the world would God do something like this? Why would he choose something like this? Why would God ever become man? Why would the eternal God ever come down to the little, uh, little uh, come down as a little ball of, of dirt whizzing through space, one speck of matter floating in the universe, one tiny planet orbiting, one ordinary star in the corner of a Milky Way, one million of millions of galaxies? Why would God do a thing like that? Why would he leave heaven to come to a place like Blyville, Arkansas? Why would God leave heaven to come to earth, to wherever you may be from? Well, I'm glad you asked, because I'm going to tell you. First thing is this. I believe that he came that he might share his glory with you. Don't you think about that, church. He came that he might share his glory with you. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10, the Bible says this. For it is fitting, for it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. The whole earthly life of Jesus is summed up in one phrase. He was made perfect through his suffering. The word can also mean complete. He made everything complete. Everything complete. The second thing I believe, Sister Mavis, is this. He came that he might be one of us. He came as a little bitty baby. Maybe, as I said in my prayer, that we went, we're not afraid of babies. We, we like to look at babies because they're cute and they're cuddly and all these sort of things. But if he came as a big old hairy man, we might be a sort of afraid to look upon him as, as we've looked upon him. But he came that he might be one of us. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 11, the Bible says, For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will sing your praise, and again I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children God has given me. He came that he could be one of us. God came where we live today so that he could become one of us. The other thing I found out in verses 14 and 15 
is that he came to free us from the bondage of death. Aren't you thankful for that? He came to free us from the bondage of death. It says here, since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things. That through death he might destroy, everybody say destroy. The one who has the power of death, that is the devil and deliverer of all those who fear of death, were subject to lifelong slavery. He came to abolish that. He came to take care of that. Amen. That's why we're able to say the Bible, that what the Bible and the Scripture says, the dead in Christ is going to rise first. We've all had loved ones here even just recently to pass on. Can I tell you, they're no longer with us today. They're in the presence of the Lord. If they've died in the faith, my Bible tells me to be absent of the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen. What we've witnessed here is maybe just a shell or something like that that, that we're able to look upon. We'll go back to the dirt of the ground. But our spirit, man, we're living with the Father today. And we will be reunited one day. He came to free us from the bondage of death. Listen to me, church. When you die, that's just not it. That's not final. We go somewhere. That's why it's so important for you today. If you're lost today and you don't know Jesus, what's keeping you from accepting Him as your Lord and Savior? Is there something that, that you're involved in that's just so important? It's going to keep you from this place called heaven, this place that Jesus has prepared for you and I. He came to free us from the bondage of death. The other thing is this, he came to free us from sin. He came to free us from sin. Verse 17 says, therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. You have the birth of Christ today and the death of Christ in the same sentence there. The birth and the death. He was born as a man. <laughs> that he might be made like us. You say, but what, is that, what does that word propitiation mean, Pastor? What does that mean? It just means simply to turn away wrath by offering a gift. To turn away wrath by offering a gift. That's what he done for you. When Christ died, he voluntarily took upon himself the wrath of God that was meant for you. It was meant for me. But he took it himself, amen. He took it himself. Before we can have peace today with God, our sin must be dealt with. It has to be dealt with. There is no escape from the fact that because God is 100% righteous and will not clear the guilty, any solution to the sin problem, we've got to face that fact today. We have to go by way of the cross. We have to go through Jesus Christ. So what can I bring to turn away my wrath? What, what tangible thing can I bring to turn away my wrath or his wrath? Nothing. Nothing. God knew that. He, he knew I didn't have anything to offer. He just wants you to bring you. Just bring you. Just bring you. It was a gift that he gave you. His one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die in our place today. Amen. That's the mercy of God. When Jesus died, his death on the cross was, 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 was perfect sacrifice for our sin today. Nothing else. His death upon the cross, the blood of Jesus, has paid the debt and turned away God's righteous wrath against me. The text goes on to say that he frees us from sin by helping us when we're tempted. In verse 18 it says, For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted today. See, when I get discouraged, and we do that from time to time, when I get despondent and when we want to throw in the towel, I cry out, 
and he comes running to me. When you get discouraged and you begin to cry out, he comes running to you. Amen. He wraps his arms around you. He lets you know that, hey, I'm here. He lets you know that I've never forgot about you. He lets you know that I'm here for you today. And all you've got to do is trust in me. You see, this morning, I know someone who never forgets my name and is never too busy for me. Here's the, here's the problem we have. I may forget your name and you may forget mine, but he never forgets my name. I know somebody who never forgets my name. He's never too busy for me. I know someone today who knows me through and through even better than Karen does. He knows me through and through better than I know myself, who knows all of my fears, who knows all of my dreams, who knows all of my motives, who knows all of my hidden thoughts even. I know someone who knows me intimately. And here's the kicker. He loves me anyway. <laughs> he knows all about me. He knows my mess-ups. He knows my failures. He knows all the stuff that's going on in my life, and he's still, Brother Mike, he loves me anyway. His name is Jesus. The question I have for you, do you know him? Do you know him today? Do you know Jesus who came from heaven to live on earth? Do you know this one who is leading his children to glory? Do you know the one who frees us from the fear of death? Do you know this Jesus whose death turns away the wrath of God? Do you know this Jesus who runs to help us in the hour of need? Do you know him? See, title this morning is, do you think this Christmas event was an accident from God? I don't think it was an accident from God. I don't think it was an accident that he came. I don't think it was an accident that everything happened the way that it happened. Sometimes we can't explain some things, right? How does a, a lady who has never been with a man get pregnant? That's hard to, it's hard to explain with a, in a science sort of answer, isn't it? But it's through the Holy Spirit. How does all these things, how does, how does these magi from the east that traveled hundreds of miles follow and, and find this little baby in a little town called Bethlehem? How does all of these things take place? I don't believe that it was an accident of how we, these things has taken place. I believe that Jesus Christ, he came. We celebrate Christmas today because he came. We celebrate Christmas today. And as I said last week in my message, you can, you can take Christ out of Christmas all you want to. You can take the nativity and all these things. You don't have to put up a Christmas tree and all of these things, but you cannot take Christ out of Christmas. The meaning of Christmas and the celebration of why we celebrate in the first place, you can't do it. We have to recognize the fact that Jesus Christ came. 